Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Praise the Lord. 2021, we're already almost three quarters of the way through the year. Do you believe it? Praise God. And the word for the year was God's promises. God has not forgotten you. And over the several months, we had a few series about God's promises. And today, we're going to talk about the promise of his presence. We're going to continue that over the last several weeks. We talked about the victory that we can have because of his presence. Deliverance because of his presence. Today, we're going to focus in on the comfort that comes from his presence. You know, now, I was thinking about comfort And I was thinking about what do we do, some of the things we do to give us comfort. Maybe it's a sauna. Maybe it's the hot tub. Or maybe it's a special pillow that we have that brings us comfort. Or an afternoon nap. It's always comforting, right? Or maybe you have a comfort food that you, no matter what's happening, you're stressed, and there you are with the spoon. And it's a comfort. Mine is butter pecan. Just give me some butter pecan and I'm good. Maybe it's a soft pair of slippers that are comfortable after a long day at work with your work shoes on. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about? Fluffy, soft, comfortable shoes. There's other things that could get us comfort. Maybe a hot cocoa on a chilly night. Right? Maybe... Soft music playing after a hectic day. Just give me some chill music, and I'm good. I'm comfortable, right? And sometimes, on the other hand, we can go shopping, maybe to excess it's comfortable. And some of the negative ways some people find comfort is through drugs and alcohol. But we're a society that puts a lot of emphasis on trying to be comfortable, I mean, just think about all the machines that were invented to save time so that we could be more comfortable. We look for, the, for ways, for instance, there's an app that you can get on your phone. And, you know, I think we have them here, this, the Nest thermostat, that you can actually, with an app on your phone, you can adjust the temperature so that when you arrive at home, it's nice and comfortable. Or when you arrive to church, It's nice and cool and comfortable. Can I hear an amen? So, you know what? The newest newest thermostats, just on a little aside, they actually program themselves. They they get a history of what what you like, the temperatures, your schedule, and they program themselves so that you could be comfortable. That makes it real easy. Sometimes we just feel like we want to throw on a pair of sweats, And that makes us feel comfortable. But all these things are only temporary things that make us comfortable. It's not a permanent fix. And in all the effort that we make in this society to be comfortable, we are the most restless people in the world. We just can't find comfort because we're looking for comfort really in all the wrong places. And we're not walking In the spirit, we're not walking in the presence because the promise of the presence 
is that the Holy Spirit will give us comfort. You know, the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. And if we walk in the Spirit, we will have that comfort, that peace, that passes understanding. That was, that's the major role of the Holy Spirit, is to help us in a tough, rough world, no matter what the circumstances we face. Now, I looked up the verb. I like to look at words. And the verb comfort means to give strength and hope to, to ease trouble or grief, to console. That's as a verb. And as a noun, comfort is a strengthening aid. It's an assistance. It's a support. It's a consolation in the time of worry. It's a feeling of encouragement, of relief. It's a satisfying, enjoyable experience. That's what comfort is. How many of you need comfort today? Maybe you had a rough day. I remember when I had little ones, just getting to church with three little ones was rough, stressed. You get your shoes, get here on time. Maybe you had a rough day. Maybe you had a rough week. Maybe you had a rough season. Haven't we all had a rough season this past year and a half? like never before. Maybe you're stressed, and I know my husband can kind of relate to this because of that to-do list. If you're a homeowner, you know what I'm talking about, that to-do list that you work on, and you work on two or three things, and then there's three or four or five more things you have to add to the to-do list that it's never-ending. Maybe that's... You're not comfortable with that. Or maybe you lost someone over the last year and a half. Many of us have. I have. Do you need comfort? The only comfort, permanent comfort, that can come is through the Holy Spirit, the presence. That's his promise. It's the promise of his presence that he'll bring us comfort whatever you go through. Now, if ever there was a time in the disciples' life when they needed to be comforted, it was at this point in their ministry. They walked with Jesus for three and a half years, and here they were. You could read about this later. It's in chapter 13 of John. But here they were at the Passover meal, and Jesus drops some bombs and rocked their world. They didn't know how to react to what he was saying to them. First, Jesus takes off his outer robe, fills a basin of water, and washes his disciples' feet. What is happening? Of course, he was given an object lesson that we are to serve one another. And then he gets back at the table and he says, One of you is going to betray me. What? Can you imagine what was going through their minds? And then Peter, who objected to the whole thing, he said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And the final bomb, the final disruption of that Passover meal, 
when, when he told them, I'm going away and you can't come. At least not yet. I'm going to leave you and you can't come. And this sets the stage to where I want to start reading in chapter 14 of John. If you're home, get your Bibles out. I want you to look. He starts off saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. Because he knew what was going through their minds. Everything that just transpired at this, that Passover meal. And here's what he says. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I, if it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to there to prepare a place for you? And if I go there to prepare a place for you, now I know why it's so hard. I don't have these on. Oh, that's so much better. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that with me, that you also may be where I am. Wow, I struggled through that one. But what he was saying was, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going, but it's not the end. I am preparing a place for you. He continues in verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Jesus knew that one day he would have to leave his disciples. He knew, and he promised to remain present with them. I'm going to leave you. You can't come, but I'm not going to leave you orphans. I will be present with you. This was an oxymoron. But the Spirit himself, the advocate, would come to comfort them and guide them. This is the same spirit that comes to comfort and guide us if we walk in the spirit, if we, we appropriate the promise of his presence. And, you know, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commands. It's not easy to obey God's commands. It's in a, di a difficult world, a stressful world. Where do we get the power to keep going? Where do we get the power to pour out and give comfort only by the comfort we receive from the Holy Spirit. Jesus says here, I will send another comforter to help us. Especially, he said this, especially since they were troubled. They knew that he was leaving them and he wanted them to know that he wasn't going to be leaving them alone. Let's continue in John 14, verse 25. All this I have spoken while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Continuing John 16, 19 and 22, Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. 
So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said in a little while you will see me no more? And then after a little while you will see me? You bet that's what they were thinking. Wouldn't you be thinking that? What does it mean? Well, now he's explaining. Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn. In other words, suffering and grief was going to come. While the world rejoices, and isn't that what happened at the cross? You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Can I hear an amen from the ladies? Amen? Amen? If you had a few babies, you can say a loud amen. Amen. She forgets her anguish, and it's immediately they put the baby on you, and you don't care about all that travail you went through because of the joy of the child being born. That's how he's saying, so it is with you. Now is your time of grief, but you will see me again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away this joy. He says further down in Chapter 16 on verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus knew that as he was leaving his disciples that there would be a lot of anxiety. They had confusion, maybe some anger, fear, They were going to be left alone. How would they know how to proceed? How would they know how to go on? How would they know what direction to go in? How would they remember his teachings? The Holy Spirit would reveal the advocate. He is what reveals the truth. Jesus told them that they would understand the word, his words, like they never did before. Do you remember some of the parables? They they needed explanations. They couldn't understand. He had to explain to them. He's saying when the advocate comes, when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, he explains it in such a way where we understand it because the Holy Spirit illuminates our minds. It quickens us so we understand what the truth is. He is the spirit of truth. It can't be understood apart from the Holy Spirit. It's just letters on a page. I know before I got saved, I had a boss, early 20s, and he was a believer. And he took me out to lunch one day. And he gave me, at the end of the lunchtime, he gave me a good news Bible. And I love to read. I said, great, thank you. And I had that next to my bed in the nightstand. And I would read that. I would open it up. And it was just letters on a page. But... Several months later, with a series of God events, I found myself at a church, and I went forward and accepted Lord Jesus as Lord. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And when I picked up that book, it was a different book. The Holy Spirit activated so I could understand in ways I never did before. See, the world can't understand because they don't have the promise of his presence. They don't have the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the comfort of the comforter. But we do. 
if the Spirit of God lives in us. John 15, 26 says, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was defining what the work was, to be present in their lives and to be present in our lives, to recall things that the Word of God showed us. As we are in the Word, aren't there times when the Holy Spirit just quickens things to you? It's like a rhema word. It's like a a word that's just for you. Aren't there circumstances in your life where you're going through stress and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance a word, a scripture that brings comfort? That's the Holy Spirit. The revelation of truth is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us. We sang it. He never leaves us. But sometimes we don't walk in the Spirit. It's like a college student. A college student, his name was Steve. And he was taking a logic class. Tough course for a freshman. He was a freshman. And the professor was known for very difficult exams. Now, his final exam was coming, and a large part of his grade depended on how well he would do on that test. And the professor felt like he wanted to give the students assistance in some way, so he allowed them to take an 11 and a half, eight eight by 11 and a half, eight and a half by 11 (laughs) sheet of paper, and bring it, and they could write on everything, all the notes that they wanted so that they would have help during the exam. So the day of the exam, they all brought in their papers, crammed with information. And one young man brought in a blank sheet. So everybody's getting ready for the test, and he lays the sheet next to his desk, and in comes a senior who had taken this logic class, and he did very well in the class, and he stepped on the paper. And the professor said, what are you doing? And he said, professor, you said anything that I can fit on this paper that could help me on my exam that I could bring. So right next to me, I want my friend. And of course, he aced the test. And when he needed the information, he had the information. And that's what the Holy Spirit is to us. He's the advocate. He's the one alongside of us. He's the one who tells us the answers when we go through those tests. He's always with us. And we get an A. Can I hear an amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit takes our weak memories and difficult circumstances and brings to our remembrance and recall exactly what's needed. Going back to John 14, says this in 25, 
All this I have spoken while I'm still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said. And peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your, see, he says this again, this is three times he says this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Nothing is more reassuring than knowing God's promises. Knowing his promises and the promise of his presence is reassuring to us. The Holy Spirit helps us to focus. You know, when everything chaotic is going around you, focus, let me focus, Lord, help me to focus. Holy Spirit, help me to focus. Show me what to do in this situation. And he does. He's there. This recall, this assurance of the presence of the Lord, this is the peace that brings comfort. Remember, we're talking about the comfort that comes from his presence, the rest that comes from the Holy Spirit. He is the comforter. And those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, who have confessed him as Lord, who have received him as Lord, know this peace. And we should be walking in the presence of the Lord because they are actively working in our lives. The Holy Spirit is there to protect us, protect our minds, and to teach us and to guard us. It's, it's like the Greek soldiers. They used to go into battle in the battlefield, the enemy's, enemy's field, and they would be back to back. Soldier would be back to back, so there was no blind spot, so that they would be on guard no matter which way the enemy came. And the, the, you know the name of that other soldier was called your paraclete. And that's the same word in Greek for the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one who watches and guards us. For the believer, the presence of the Holy Spirit acts as a shield to guard our hearts against fear and worry. The ministry is peace. Remember, Jesus said, peace I give you. Jesus walked in the fullness of the Spirit, and he's saying the same fullness of the Spirit, the peace that I had, I'm given to you, to every believer. John 16 says it like this, verse 7. Truly I tell you, it is good. Hallelujah. <laughs> I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but I will go and I'll send them to you. You know, I, it helps me to understand in Scripture, in Hebrews, it says in Hebrews 12, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame. He did that because he saw ahead the joy set before him, the Holy Spirit that would be given, the presence of the Lord that would be given to each of us, and the comfort that would bring to all of us, the rest that would come. 
Because while his disciples were with him, they were restricted. They were restricted only when he was present. He could perform miracles. But Jesus was telling them that when the advocate comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, things were going to be much better. He was going to enhance his touch in their lives and in our lives. He desired to go so that the Holy Spirit would come to each of us, not residing physically in one place, but in every one of us who would receive him. And that's the same message today. Rather than lose something at Christ's departure, the disciples gained something, and so did we. The Holy Spirit, the promise of his presence, the comfort that that brings. It was God's desire to touch us in a powerful way. And we don't have to rely on moments physically with someone. The Holy Spirit is with us. One important role of the comforter, the Holy Spirit, is to counsel us, to strengthen us, to guide us, to teach us, and enable us to do things that in our own flesh we can't do, we can't take credit for. I see people shaking your head because you know sometimes you accomplish things and you say, how did I ever do that? It was the Holy Spirit in you, working through you, So I want to leave you with five ways that you can find comfort in his presence. So if you want to jot these down, it would be a good idea, or you could watch the live stream later. First thing, God comforts us through his word. I kind of touched on this, but the inspired word of God is the comfort to us in times of need. It speaks to us as we read it, And sometimes, as we need it, David, the psalmist, wrote this in Psalm 119. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word has sustained me. It's your word that quickened me. The word of God brings us comfort, activated by the Holy Spirit. The most important uh, aspect of the promises of God are in his word. If we're in his word, we'll know the promises. If we read his word, the Holy Spirit will help us remember the promises. You know, the Bible is filled with stories and promises and reminders of his love and his grace. And we live in a day where you can access the Bible through your phone, through the written word, audibly. We can find comfort through the word in so many ways. There's no excuse today. Open up your Bible and find the comfort of his presence. And here's a few verses where I find comfort. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know about you, but that gives me comfort. 
Sometimes we're collapsing under the weight of our responsibilities, whether it's at work or home. And when we give our schedules and our burdens to the Lord, Jesus replaces our stress with rest. We can live each day in his presence as we're in his word. We can be rejuvenated and restored. Here's another one, another promise, comfort in his word. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are fixed or steadfast because they trust in you. As we fix our mind on the Lord, he gives us that comfort. I mean, there's so many scriptures. We don't have time to go through them. But are you stressed over your kids? Oh, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Matthew 7 says, whoever hears my words and do, does what they tell him is like a man who built his house upon the rock. The storms came, the winds blew, the waters beat against that house, but it didn't fall because it had a firm foundation. Does that bring you comfort to know that? The peace, that's a promise. No, the scriptures, by his stripes we're healed, Isaiah says. How many times we pray that prayer as we're praying for those who are sick. We call, by his stripes on his back, we are healed. Second way, the promise of his presence, we can find comfort, is through his people. Through one another. God is present in you. Look to the person to the right or to the left of you and say, God is in you. Look to the person on the other side and say, the Holy Spirit is in you. God comforts us through his people. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. See, Paul says that God comforts us, and then in turn, we can comfort other people with the comfort that we have received. And then he goes even on further in the next few verses. Just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we're distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. You see, when people see us suffer and go through things, and they see the comfort of the Holy Spirit in our lives, you see what it says there? It can actually bring comfort and salvation to other people by, by just observing how the Lord is working in your life. I know um, Ed and I got married in our early 30s, and we wanted to have kids. So rapid fire, we had one in 86, one in 87. I got pregnant right away again. And coming home from my second uh, visit to the doctor, I had a sonogram, and it was he, the news was the baby died. Okay, It was tough. 
But coming home, actually driving home, that scripture came to my mind. And years later, I mean, praise God, I have a son. Joel was born after that. Hallelujah. But I share that because the comfort that I got from the Lord, it was really unmistakable. I mean, during that time, I'm getting quivery now, but during that time, I actually came to church that Sunday. I was in the choir. I sang in the choir. People were kind of whispering, like, oh, did you hear him? But it was like I, I had this comfort. Of course, there was sadness. But the comfort that comes from the Holy Spirit, the peace that passes understanding, and I was able to impart that to other women as they went through the exact same thing. That's the comfort of his presence. You can be an ambassador of comfort yourself. Look at this. In 2 Corinthians 7, verses 5 through 7, Paul is speaking. He says, when we came to Macedonia, we had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within, but God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us. How? How? Comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. Do you see the chain reaction? He didn't say, God comforted me. He said, God comforted me. He didn't say, Timothy. I'm sorry. He didn't say, Timothy comforted me. He didn't say, you sent Timothy to comfort me. No, he said, God comforted because the Holy Spirit was working through Timothy to comfort him. And those in Macedonia were also comforting Titus, not Timothy. God comforts other people through us. God uses you and me. That, that's the most obvious way that God, we could walk in his presence, in his peace and comfort, is the comfort that we get from other believers. And sometimes we don't recognize that. The word that was spoken, the encouragement that was given, that was from God. That was from the Holy Spirit. The promise of his presence brings comfort. And the third way is the Holy Spirit indwells us. I mean, we can never lose the presence, right? We can, the Holy Spirit is always with us. But you have to admit that there's valley seasons and there's dry periods, and there's times where you feel like everything is silent, you're not hearing from God, you're not sensing him. We can't lose him, but there are times when he's not manifestly with us. Sometimes it's not clear to the human eye or to the human spirit that the Holy Spirit is with us. That's why we're told to walk by faith and not by sight, to trust despite those seasons. However, there are times in a believer's life when the Holy Spirit makes himself known manifestly. God's manifest presence, and if we look in the Old Testament, we can look in Exodus chapter 19, and we can see when God was meeting, they were journeying out of Exodus, I mean, out of Egypt, um, this is in the book of Exodus, and they arrived in the desert of Sinai at the foot of Mount Sinai. And God instructed Moses, and he said, I want to meet with you and the people. And after three days of preparation, 
they met. They went to the foot of the mountain. And God came down in smoke and fire and rumblings. And the ground trembled. There was no mistake. The trumpets blasted. The word of God says he descended. He made himself, he met with them in a manifest way. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, we see the same thing happen. As they were meeting together, it said, what appeared to be tongues of fire rested on top of all of them. And the ground trembled, and they spoke with other tongues. This was the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. We see later on in chapter 16 of the book of Acts, Paul and Silas, here they were whipped and flogged and beaten. And they were thrown into the inner cell. I mean, that's the dark, dank, rat-infested cells. Here they were singing hymns to the Lord. And it said the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit came and shook violently the foundations of that jail, and they were loosed. That was the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's the same today. It's not wrong for us to desire, Lord, we want to meet with you. How many times do we say that, Lord, we want to see you? There's nothing wrong with asking, and it happens. Sometimes it's in a song. Sometimes it's through laughter. You get drunk in the Spirit. And you can't control the joy of the Holy Spirit. The manifest presence of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is not just for the book of Acts. It's not just in the Old Testament. It can happen today, and it does. But I'm I'm sorry to say many of us are not walking in the Spirit. We're not walking in his presence, and we don't receive the comfort that he wants to give us through the presence He communicates to us in so many ways. The fourth way is God comforts us through prayers. Sometimes we don't even know what to pray. Romans 8 says, By him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. John tells us to ask anything in his name and he'll do it. Of course, that's not some kind of genie in a bottle. It's not a magic formula. We need to ask according to his character and according to his will. Romans 8, 26 says this, in the same way the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit itself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Have you ever been there? The Holy Spirit gives you utterance, tongues. You don't know what you're saying, but your spirit is crying out to God's spirit, the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 27, he searches our hearts and knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. See, God knows our hearts. He knows our needs. He knows what we're going through. We can be confident that he hears our prayers. 
we can come boldly to his throne of grace in time of need, and the Holy Spirit will respond. The final way I want to share with you, the fifth way that you can appropriate the presence, the promise of his presence, is through forgiveness and salvation, and that would be relationship. You know, we have two dogs. Actually, we have a zoo at my house. We have two dogs, two cats, a bird, fish. Uh, And over the years, we had bunnies and all kinds of things. But our two dogs love us so much. We're gone for the day. We come back, and they're jumping all over us, and they're barking. And when we're lying on the couch, they like to cuddle up next to us. When we're out in the patio, there they are with us. At the kitchen, of course, they have other motives. When we're at the table, they're just staring at us lovingly, probably waiting for us to throw them something or sneak something. But the point is, they want to be with us. It's, it's our presence that they want. And do you know God wants to be with you? He wants to be with you. I think of how so many soldiers are separated sometime for a very long period of time and they finally come home. And what is celebrated is the presence. It's not the same to uh, FaceTime. It's when you're together. And that's a person feels better in mind, spirit, and soul after a person visits them, the presence. That's why we have a care ministry. We go to people that are homebound or in the hospital, and we go and we meet with them and we spend time with them. So many times they say, do you have to go yet? Can you stay just a little bit longer? It's the presence that's desired. God has always known that we're creatures that he created. Hold on, I got some gray hair in my mouth. God always, has always known that the creatures he created needed more comfort than they could ever give to each other and they could ever give to themselves even. That's why he decided to walk with them in the garden. Do you remember that? It says in the cool of the day, he wanted to have relationship with them. He walked with Adam and Eve during this special time of communion, special time of worship. And later we see he met with Moses and Abraham and the prophets. He shared in their daily routines his presence with them. He came down to the wilderness like I shared in Mount Sinai. And he was present with them. And ultimately he came in the person of Jesus Christ and became man in the flesh to dwell among us, Emmanuel, to be present with us. And then Jesus returned to the Father, and we could, if we choose, restore this kind of presence in our life, a continual presence. God has pursued us. He never stops pursuing people, even rebellious people, even people who turn their backs on him, who once knew him. Are you looking for comfort today? 
it comes in his presence. The promise of his presence. First, we have to realize that sin will separate us from the presence of God. It always does. It causes us to avoid the things of God, to run from it. Think of what happened in the garden. In Exodus 3, it says, They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees in the garden. We can't let sin separate us from the healing presence, from the healing comfort that God wants to give us. God wants us to find comfort and assurance in his presence. Do you really think, do you really think that you could handle life and all the problems and the challenges that come without his presence? I look at people going through things And I say, how are they doing it? I know I've gone gone through some things, and I say, if it wasn't for the Lord, I don't know how I would have gotten through this without the Spirit. But sin will separate you from that comfort. Sin will keep you from the presence and the promise. In God's presence, we find comfort in life's journey. Just like the Israelites found comfort in their journey, They had the cloud by day covering them, shading them. They had the pillar of fire at night guiding them and leading them in the dark. That's what the Holy Spirit is for us. Psalm 16 says this, You make known to me the path of life. Show me how to go. You fill me with joy in your presence. Do you need joy? Unspeakable, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God does reveal his plan. And he shows us the way. And he gives us comfort about our future. You know, I'm reminded of a story in Luke. It's the prodigal son. Many of you know this story. This man had two sons. And the younger son decided, I'm getting out of here. There's so much out there in the world. And he went to his father. He said, I want my inheritance now. And reluctantly, the father had given it to him. He packed up all his things and he went to a faraway land. And it says he squandered everything. He lost a fortune. And things got so bad because there was a famine in the land, he actually hired himself out to a Gentile feeding pigs. The most detestable thing that a Jewish man would ever do. And I love what it says in the story He thought, it says, he came to his senses. And he said, he started to rehearse in his mind, I'm going to go back to my father. And I'm going to say, you know, your servants, I don't deserve to be called your son, but if you just treat me like a servant, I'll be happy with that. If you just accept me and treat me like a servant, I know I don't deserve any more. And what does it say in that story? It says the father saw him a long way off. And he ran to him and he put his arms around him. And he said, come, bring a robe for my son and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Because he was dead and now he is alive. He was lost and now he's found. And I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is saying that to so many today. Come back. Don't hide. 
I love you, put my arms around you, I will restore you, I will bring comfort. Don't hide from God like Adam and Eve did. It's never too late, never, never too late. Second Peter says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Psalm 23, we know it, it's such a beautiful psalm. Even though I walk through the valley, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod, of course, corrects and leads them in the right way. And, of course, shows us and draws us back to the shepherd. We have to know that God wants to give us that comfort. He wants us to walk in the spirit. Remember, the presence doesn't only mean correction, it means protection too, keeping you from harm. Romans 8 says this, and this is how I want to end. What then shall we say in response to all these things? What are you going to say after you heard all these things? What shall we say in response? If God is for us, who could be against us? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What's the only thing that's not there? The only thing that's not in that list is you. You are the only thing that can separate yourself from that comfort, that love of God. How are you going to respond? Are you going to hide? Are you going to resist? Will you respond today? Now, I think the Holy Spirit already did the work. He's already doing the work. So I just want to remind you that God never breaks his promise. Never. Earthly fathers might break their promises, but God never does. So walk in the Spirit. Walk in the promise of his presence. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day in the Lord.